Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Waves, directed by Trey Edward Schultz, starring Kelvin Harrison Jr. and Taylor Russell. My name is Cameron Tuttle. I'm joined with Juzo Greenwood and Isaac Ransom. How are you guys doing? Fabulous. I'm good. I'm good. I didn't know how to answer that, Cameron. That was a I terrible know, you, host decision. Uh, just yeah, I, I just <laughs> was fine. I, I just put. I just threw it to both of you. One so, word. You know, let let the. You know, it's like that pool sequence in uh, in the Dark Knight where I, I just throw you the 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 pool cue and you know you can you could go at it. We only have one spot here. Absolute <laughs> chaos breaking out between you. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. It was like so one of us had to pull the trigger and we decided to do it at the same exact moment. I think. I think that means Juzo and I are probably just synced up on the same wavelength. I think so. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's a good thing for this episode. Speaking I'm well. of waves, I mean, geez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there we go. Whoa. Unintentional. But yeah. How about you, Juzo? <laughs> Anything else to add besides good? Uh, not much. I, I'm just, uh, I've had a good day of movie watching. I watched this again for the second time this week. And then I watched, with the commentary, which is very interesting. And then I watched um, Memories of Murder, um, which I've seen before, but fabulous movie. Yeah. Yep. And if you want to hear more about that, um, join us on Patreon because we have a, a full exclusive episode about Memories of Murder. It is true. It is a fantastic movie. And it's funny because we were talking about it last week, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it, it yeah, it really is a spectacular movie. Um, super underrated. And me and Juzo were just talking before about how, like, you know, we were kind of ahead of the curve on on Bong Joon-ho. But um, like this movie specifically has been uh overlooked in a lot of ways and i i feel like it's 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 time to shine for it you know it's time to time to go back and reintroduce it into the canon so um yeah it's just, a, just is, a great movie yeah it's come around a lot thanks to P parasites success and i'm i'm glad for that because i watched with my dad who had never seen it and we're just digging it man i just i think it really is up there in the serial killer canon with like zodiac or uh silence of the lambs or uh, I mean, seven is the high water mark. There's even exchange in the movie that's directly taken from seven, which is kind of interesting mm. where he's like, have you ever seen anything like this? Um, anyway, yeah, just great. Fantastic movie. Yeah, no, I uh, we keep bringing it up and it's I think it's actually one of the most prolific Bong Joon-ho films that stuck with me. I mean, I think Parasite comes up a lot, um, but I think about Memories of Murder probably the most out of the mm. three that we watched from Korean cinema month, which is interesting because after my first viewing, I was like, I, that was just like, I could see how that was one of his earlier films, but there's actually some, some really deep, uh, concepts about like, like just ideas about like, well, obviously the title memories of murder, a lot of like reflection on bad moral actions or trauma, mm. um, and reflection on trauma and mm. things like that. It's very, um, yeah, I, I recently showed someone the final scene as reference for a music video project that we were talking about. Mm. And I was like, just, just like check out this scene in the field because, you you know, you're talking about wanting to do something in a field and how it makes you feel. And mm. it, it like we were watching that last scene and just as a standalone piece, that final moment like was so captivating. And this person Haunted. had no idea what was happening in the oh. in the film at all. Beautiful. You know? Um, and so I thought it was cool how just a single scene at the end could still carry so much weight without anybody even knowing what was going on in the movie. I think that's a testament to how good the film is. Wow. So, huh. um, yeah, I've been, I've been really, uh, 
really like positive on that film. And as Juzo, he was texting us about it uh, just earlier today or last night, talking about how fun the movie is still mm-hmm. while it's being so deep. Yeah, um, very fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep preaching this, man. Just make movies fun again. You know, like let's <laughs> well, let's just let's have a good time. I, th- wow. I, th- I think <laughs> it's it's like any. Th- I think it's like any kind of diversity in movies. It's it's uh it's nice to have things that are fun, but I think there's room for all kinds of movies. Certainly, um, I agree. I think in in some ways the movie we're talking about today is a great example of a movie that hits both of those. It's, it can be incredibly painful and it's incredibly beautiful and fun, um, all, all at the same time. I would I would say not not really so fun most of the time, but uh, well exciting. <laughs> but it it's definitely thrilling. definitely has yes, that's true, and it definitely has the beauty and the meaning impact there uh, for sure. But we will get into that. Isaac, have you been watching anything? You you mentioned one thing, right? Yeah, last night I watched a film called Contact from 1997. Uh, my dad really enjoys sci-fi. We had a conversation about Interstellar, and I actually re-watched that with him too, um, which was really cool to see. I know, Cameron, we hung out in person um, earlier this week, and we were talking about Interstellar for the Patreon episode. We got dinner, and we were talking about that, how there's something like deep and spiritual about that film, and it's mm-hmm. kind of unsettling, and I think that's why a lot of audience members maybe dislike the movie um in in some sort of way but so my dad revisited it after i talked to him about my like kind of my thoughts on interstellar and then he was like you know what movie's really good and he was like i really like this movie contact and he's like also like i saw ad astra and i really like that so like we were kind of flipping the coin between ad astra and contact (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty good it's pretty good we don't need to Um, slam james gray here well, it was interesting because my dad was like, you know, Ad Astra's kind of like weirdly like he was comparing it to a little bit like what 2001 does, where it's like a story about a human journey, but it's also very sterile and separated from that like emotion, if that makes sense. I don't know. Like he was like, he was like, oh, it's very like it's kind of like 2001. Of course, my dad doesn't talk, spend a bunch of hours talking about movies on a podcast, so he probably doesn't. I don't know. I, that was no, his take on it. Definitely. And um. And then he was like, but I also really like Contact. I think he really liked the lead actress on it. The movie's all right. It's kind of cheesy, but I think the most interesting thing about the film is there's like a clash between like Matthew McConaughey and the lead actress, who I can't remember the name. Jodie Foster. Foster. Yeah. Jodie Foster is in it. All right. Um, She's great and, and wonderful actress. Yeah. Actress. And so they have like this good tension between her being like a scientist and uh, Matthew McConaughey being like this weird, like, spiritual advisor who was like studying in seminary so like he's like oh i believe in god but i'm also a hot guy that likes to you know it's really weird like his his explanation for not being a priest is he couldn't stay celibate and i was like okay that's like such a strange uh you know character introduction but there the best part about the movie is this idea of like scientific proof versus like human experience or like you know, having a spiritual experience or having faith. And there's like a lot of interesting conversation in the film about that. Um, and I think it handles it really well. There's like a lot of um, a lot of pokes at both sides. And I think that's what makes the movie really interesting. Okay. So I've always wanted to see it. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to check that one out. And I really like it's the director, Robert Zemeckis, who has yeah, made yeah. many Zemeckis great movies great. over the years, including it Back definitely- to the Future. Yeah, it definitely has a little bit of that like cheesiness that I think some of Robert Zemeckis films have. I didn't know who he was till last night when I looked it up. Um, but there there are some deeper concepts that I think most 
blockbuster like like sci-fi movies miss out on so my dad was like oh i remember i saw um arrival and was thinking about contact a lot and sort Mm -hmm. of how there was some influence there Mm -hmm. so it was cool to see it with him and watch it but other than that just this movie which i'm excited to get into how about you cameron anything you've been Um, watching i've been watching nothing because i've been down in san jose having thanksgiving and hanging out with my family so um i think we should get into this movie because um we're going to have a great discussion about it. I think there's so much to cover and so much to talk about with this movie. Um, and I'm really excited to hear your take, Isaac, as yeah. two people. Mm-hmm. Basically, we were talking about this earlier, too. Literally, I don't know. We, we don't know anybody else who has seen this movie because it 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 bombed completely at the box office, um, did terribly. And yeah, we're, we're just we're we're kind of really thankful to be bringing up this movie because um we can only praise this movie so much in our own, you know, uh, two person dialogue. So we, we got to bring in a third mind. Um, yeah. so yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share my thoughts on it. And I also watched it with Jules. So that's kind of another yeah, layer. I want to hear that. Get, take, definitely get, <laughs> get into as well. Um, but if you enjoy the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS productions, throw a couple of dollars our way, get an exclusive episode. Like we were talking about memories of murder still available. If you support us at the $1 level, you'll also get a review of Dune this month that we're putting out for Patreon. So if you mm. want that content just at the dollar level, Cameron and I did like what an hour and a half on Dune. That was a good episode. Hour 40 really minutes. Fun. I think. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're excited to give that to our Patreons. We tr- we're trying to do good content for you guys. You're paying. So we know that commentary tracks, they're fun, but most people don't have movies memorized like the back of their hands. So <laughs> they can be harder to consume, I think. So the yeah. bonus episodes oh, have I been- Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Have been, have been more fun. So if you want that content, again, patreon.com slash ECFS productions, you know, supporting the show, just giving us a rating, telling friends and family, it helps the show grow. I say it every week. I'm done shilling. I promise. I know Cameron is rolling in his grave. We need to get into this conversation. Let's He's do still it. alive. Yeah. So um, Waves follows a suburban family through a tragic event that ripples um, uh, throughout the rest of uh, you know the, the family and and sort of the um, the you know other people involved as well. The most um, vague summary on IMDb. Yeah. I I will just say um, I don't want to go more into sort of what. Uh, you know, I don't want to, before we get into sort of deep spoilers, there's some, there's some stuff in this movie that I definitely don't want to reveal before we're, we're ready. So I uh, I just say something really quickly before we say anything is yes, this is me. At least me and Cameron think this is an excellent movie, a movie I'd highly recommend you see and not enough people have seen. And not just that, but I think part of what's so pleasurable to see it the first time was I didn't see anything about it. I avoided the trailer. I walked in completely cold. And if you don't know anything about this movie, I would highly recommend doing the same thing. Like do not listen to any, even the basic plot information. I would just recommend just taking a chance on it because it's a great movie and it's, it's really fun. You really, you kind of have to go with certain things in the movie and, and um, you know, it doesn't maybe take the normal route you'd expect a movie to take, but um I, th- I think it's worth um, stepping into not knowing anything. Anyway, that's well, my disclaimer. I, I will say also, without getting into spoilers, I know that for me, I don't like to walk into like some of these artistic movies not knowing anything. So, mm-hmm. like no, sometimes no, that's that's, yeah. that's 
that's like a little bit like jarring. So I walked into this movie knowing that it was a drama and that it obviously had an R rating and it was probably considered artistic. So I knew there was probably going to be some shocking elements or things to like, you know, proliferate emotion right which i feel like a lot of these uh, <laughs> okay. artistic movies are like we're trying to we're trying to grab onto you and so um yeah i it was interesting because jules recognized one of the actors the dad from like this tv show called this is us mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um and i was like oh this is just like a special a tv special of this is us you know um family <laughs> problems you know we're just we're, we're but it's turned up to 11 so yeah uh, i guess that's gonna be my pitch if that sounds interesting to you this movie is probably right up your alley um <laughs> Yeah, it but, is, well, I'll just say it is a it is a drama. It is um, sort of a serious uh, take on family life, on sort of uh, you know middle class expectations, on um, you know things that uh, decisions that that sort of make or break you. Um, and so, yeah, you're right that that it sort of is um, sort of does follow maybe like a traditional, almost like a TV show plot line in some ways. Mm. Uh, but it very much, um, uh, I don't want to okay. say that too, too, too forthrightly because it no, very I, much, I guess um, the storyline itself. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. no, I actually mm. agree with you, Cameron. Huh? Um, but, but, you know, don't, I'm not saying that to undersell it because it, it really is, you know, it's, it's one of the most, um, emotionally hard hitting and sort of impactful, uh, movies that I've seen in a very long time. So, um, and, you know, and it's also I, cinematic. That's not to undersell it. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. a deeply cinematic film, and it's not. Um, it's not a narratively driven film. It's a. It's a film. It's experientially driven and emotionally. It's a. It's a movie that is just. You sort of have to just experience. It's not. Um, if you break down the things that happen in the movie, it's not really that special. But the way he's showing these things and the way he's conveying conveying the things he's feeling. Um, is I think what makes the film unique. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a really interesting, like, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that Juzo. Cause I actually felt like the drama aspects. I mean, I'm not, I'll, I'll go out and say this too. Like I'm not usually drawn to drama kind of storylines or anything like this. Um, but I, I actually found the drama, to be like super engaging till, you know, a certain turning point in the film. Yeah. Not to where say it's I, not. I felt, yeah. yeah, I felt like the experiential side of it, like the emotional side of the film was matched with like what was going on in the story, um, for a while in the film. And I was like, Ooh, this is like, this is really surprising how well these two aspects of the film are playing off each other with like, you know, the visual style meshed on top of what is going on around the characters and the storyline that they're going through. I was like, wow, this is like really surprising the way that they're bouncing off each other. Hmm. Um, but Cameron, I know that you said you don't want to get into spoilers. I feel like it's absolutely un like impossible to well, talk about this film without spoilers. No, no, no. Yes. I don't yeah. want to get into spoilers uh, with the intro, but I do want to get into spoilers right now. So if you okay. are not, if you okay. are not uh, well, do going to, to Isaac's take before we get into spoilers or? Sure, sure. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I can't, I can't oh, okay, do it. Fine. I don't know if <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> um, Here's the thing. 
watch this movie. Um, it's on Showtime. Uh, it's it's so worth watching. And nobody saw it when it came out. It it completely bombed. This was like estimated six million dollar budget. Um, it raked in uh, not even two million dollars at the box office. So not even half of what it of what it cost. And um, yeah, so it did terribly. Performed so bad. Um, and you know might have even been kneecapped i don't know but um might have been kneecapped by the opening and um yeah and it's really a shame because i think this movie um you know out of the 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 handful of movies that have come out that have been really excellent like top tier movies in the last like 3 years this is up there for sure this mm-hmm. is this is in the in the upper echelon i would say and and so don't spoil it for yourself go and watch it um, it is a longer movie. Uh, it's like two, almost two and a half hours, but um, it's well worth it. Just, oh, I'll, just I'll, go I'll, see it. I'll say that the movie doesn't feel that long I as well. Yeah, um, I it's, it feels much shorter than that. And I hate long movies, so. Mm. Um, oh, okay. But m- mine are some some things. I guess I would kind of echo Cameron and Juzo's thoughts. Although I do have some nuanced complaints about the film, I do think that it's. Uh, a really great movie, and I do think it's something that you should see. Um, I felt that there was a certain point in the movie where I began to disengage, where I think maybe Juzo and Cameron began to feel more invested in some of the emotional statements and the resolution of the film, where I don't think that connected with me as well, with the middle section being so exciting. is probably the best way of putting it. Mm. So um, I, I feel like, that's the best I can say without getting into full spoilers, but I think we need to get into this. Let's do um, it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah, full spoilers ahead. You've <laughs> been warned. Okay, yeah. So I guess I can just get straight into my my thoughts about this movie. I loved everything up until the aspect ratio change, I think, um, which was awesome. Which Like, one? I really... <laughs> okay, there, I, I, there's a lot. Yeah, but you there's know, like four. <laughs> There, there's the the moment at the party where yeah. like it all goes down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that that climax was just like such an exciting experience. Even you know, Jules, who was watching it with me, she was like, "I'm not really like, I, I don't really want to watch this." She was like, "I'll probably just fall asleep," but she was in it like for that moment, right? Um, and she was like, "I really thought I was going to be like completely asleep, but I'm super like pumped up and excited to see what yeah. happens," you know. And so everything is so gripping in the movie but in the back of my head there was something warning me where it was like okay the opening scene is the girl on the bike the the amazon cover shows the girl's face like i'm like at this climax moment you know i feel really invested in um the son character right but i just know that all that time is going to be like torn away and I'm going to have to like reset, you know, in some sort of way with, with, um, the sister Emily. character. And so when the, when the movie makes that transition, I was kind of like, uh, like I was like, man, like I was really excited to kind of see it continue in some sort of way. But the scene, the scene, like with the aspect ratio change, I was kind of hoping for almost a like over stylized, like, I don't know, like some some sort of adventure about to ex- explode. But I think the movie is much more serious than that. I think it it wanted the repercussions to be very grounded. Um, and 
just like the change in perspective. I, I, honestly, like Cameron, I know because you played The Last of Us too. Like it has a little bit of that that energy where it's like we're gonna just kind of see we're we're gonna switch characters halfway through. And and oh. in some ways, like well, spoilers for The Last of Us too, I guess. I but care. yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, I didn't know like, that. It's interesting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. For for like. For a drama to do that, I kind of feel like it almost presents itself as an epic drama in some kind oh, of way. Oh, y- yes, it does. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, so yeah, that that's an interesting um, thing. I I I kind of know what you mean about about like you're waiting for that switch. I didn't know that it was going to happen, and so it it definitely took me off guard when I when when that happened. Um, and I love the transition in between the you know when when they're like driving in the tunnel. There's like the oh. the, the colored sort of uh, lights, and then and then it you know it it has the same shot of of him you know pulling away in the police car. Um, beautiful way to to sort of shift perspective and very very elegant in that way. But um, even even thematically, you kind of get the 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 sense of of okay now this is going to that was the midpoint of the movie it's literally an hour and 10 into this you know two hour 20 movie um so uh you know literally midpoint of the movie now we're going to get the fallout and the repercussion of uh you know the the bad things that have happened up to this point and then we're going to get sort of a reflective story um of, of the first half. Um, and, and kind of at that point in my first viewing, I was geared up for that. I was like, Ooh, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. Um, you know, we're going to kind of do a Godfather part two, um, (laughs) you know, reflective story of, of having the one and then the other, you know, um, the, uh, storylines kind of branching off of each other with this, this one part in the middle, um, being kind of the, you know, the, the keystone of the art. Um, and so, but really I found the most impactful emotional parts of this movie, um, are all in the, the last third, um, of the movie. And they're all kind of packed tightly into the redemption, um, redemption portion of, of the story. Um, you know, you get you, like, I, you know, this time th- there was there was definitely a couple moments um, uh, in my first viewing that I, you know, was tearing up and, and whatnot. This time, the sequence with the father and the daughter fishing, um, oh. I, I, oh I you know, I yeah. couldn't I couldn't I couldn't do it. It was so it was so emotional for me this time watching it through. Um, and there was something about that sequence being sort of like two thirds of the way through the movie, um, that for me at least really helps me wrap back into the, um, the rest of, of, of that, that storyline. Cause I kind yeah. of understand what you mean. You, you're invested in, you're invested Tyler. in Tyler. Yeah. Um, you have a lot sort of, of the stakes of, of the situation. Um, even, you know, even there are so many st- moments where you're like rooting for him i guess uh yeah and you're you you're wanting him to to be um you know a better person or you're wanting him to kind of um take the high road in some ways and you can see that he has it you know he you can see that he's he's um you know there's something in him that's still uh 
you know, that's, that's good. And that's, that's, you know, noble. Um, but the choices that he makes, you know, you're, it's almost like you're watching him as a parent in some ways. Um, mm. you know, you're kind of, you're, you've got that, that bird's eye view of him, um, and making the poor decisions and not be almost not being able to to sway him, you know, um, and and so that that first hour is packed with, like you said, a, a lot of drama, a lot of um, not a lot of the emotional impact, but a lot of the sort of um, narrative weight of what's going on, the um, you know thematic elements between him and his dad, um, the sort of spiral of um you know bad decision after bad decision because of sort of pressure and um you know things going on and then um you know so you're you're wrapped into that and then that that shift i think you're right that it it makes it it makes the turn into the more emotional side of of the story and less of the dramatic side of the story um and it it's very interesting that it that it does that i don't really know of any other movies that that do it quite like this one um mm. if you know what i mean it's very unique how um uh, obviously there's there's perspective shifts in in plenty of movies but um it's very unique how this one not only shifts perspectives but almost shifts um like aesthetic weight in some way mm. um it yeah. shifts from being a um you know kind of a almost a you know a coming of age narrative of like you know the, the you know it's not it's not an action movie but it's very, very you know it's very sort of beat kinetic. for beat and yeah. and yes kinetic exactly then it turns to a very soft a very um uh laid back in some ways kind of almost hangout movie uh in in the end and it it turns from being the the weight being on on the decision to the weight being on the emotion um and i it's it's i think it's brilliantly brilliantly done um mm. per personally so uh i don't know let's let's i think let's dig into sort of um, maybe the first part of the movie, um, and we can kind of talk about uh, themes and and sort of the setup. Um, and we'll, let's let's get into the second half um, in a little bit because I I have a lot to talk about with that with that sequence. So yeah, I I felt like I feel like there's so much in this movie that can be discussed or dissected. Um, it's almost designed to be sort of like revered in a, in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's just from like, I was so taken back by the opening scenes of this movie just because they're so like, it's like the most frantic introduction that is also extremely like informative for yeah, the viewer. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's like, I, it's like, it's like really like high paced. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's overwhelming. It's honestly. like the Mad Max opening. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you don't, it's basically like, we don't want to waste your time because we have so much stuff to get to. Mm. So we're just going to get straight into this. And, uh, I was not only confused, but also intrigued by its introduction. Um, and for it to kind of like, like, okay, now that you've seen everything, let's like get into what's going on with um, the main character and like the the pressures. And I just feel like the writing and the character um, 
the characters like positions from like the father's very stern um, life or worldview that's like shared pretty clearly in the earlier part of the film to like, um, you know, what's I got to I got to pull up the names of the characters. Tyler, 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 mother. Yeah. So Tyler, Tyler and his his like desire to please his dad, but also his desire to sort of to like be great like his father and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like that. That father-son relationship, although it's toxic, it's it's also positive. I kind of I feel like there's something like there's something really relatable for me. My dad's always been like a tough love kind of father, where he's like, I mean, maybe this is sharing too much, but just for example, like my dad's like, hey, I'm kicking you out of my house at a certain point because it's good for you. You know, that's basically like like he's like you don't have a you don't have a choice like you're going to do it and it's going to make you better. Mm. And forever in his mind, he was right for doing it. It doesn't matter. Even if I'm like, even if I struggle on the streets, he'll be like, Oh, that's good for you. You know, <laughs> like I'm not going to, of course I'm not going to. Right. But, um, it's just interesting how like a tough love father figure for me is like, there's something very truthful, relatable and like powerful about like a strong father figure like that and and inherently flawed which is explored in this movie yeah. as well well and um, and I I like the fact that um and we were talking about this last week but this is another example of a um I I would I would argue that this is a that he's a positive um father figure he weighs towards the positive um now the the like you said it's flawed because it's realistic he's a real person you know he feels yeah. like a real person he's not a real person he's fake but uh well i was gonna say the whole movie is takes its inspiration from real people though i mean yes. a lot of it is yes. from schultz's own life and um th there's elements of truth there. but sorry go ahead um but he you know he feels like um he feels for me, I think he's a very good representation of fatherhood in terms of how he's um, he he is tough. He is extremely, um, you know, he he's he's riding his son very hard, um, but he he sits him down, too. And he says, like, look, I'm doing this for you because he has that conversation. He says out there in the world you know, people don't care about us. You know, people don't care about people like you and me. We, um, we have to work, you know, 10 times as hard. And so he, and, and he has that philosophy of if I, if I am hard on him now, it'll be just like weight training, basically. Um, you know, the more that he's, he's able to, to lift, the harder it, it is for him to lift, the stronger he's going to be, um, in the future. But, but also his, his qualities I mean, you're, you're saying that's a good quality as a father but you also should take note of the fact in that scene that he's the son is um, not terrified but but it's not it is not a positive interaction that what what no. the father is saying to him even though it's true and the father's philosophy is is a few hairs away from being very healthy it's pushing into a place that's unhealthy though the events of the movie are not simply the fall of the father it's like all these things conspiring together um sheer luck of the injury um oh you know too much expectation from himself and his father uh it's, it's all these things coming together that I, I like that it's this sort of cascade you can't you can't point to one thing um yeah being at fault well, for the tragedy that happens 
and it feels just as real as um you know event that that might actually happen you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's you know everybody in you know in these scenarios everybody has a part to play everybody has done you know does something wrong um maybe not to to a certain degree but um everybody sort of sort of adds or or t- you know subtracts from this equation of um you know what ultimately boils over into into tragedy. So um, I think you're right that it's it's not just his his fault, um, but he he does add an element of um, of pressure. You know he's one of the yeah. he's one of the points of of pressure on you know on Tyler. I will say though that also the father character he's I think it's clear or at least maybe this is like from personal experience, but his love is like so unconditional for his son, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. though, even though it is extremely tough love, like you can tell he's doing everything in his power. Well, it's too much. It's too much. That's what they were talking about in the commentary. Like it's, there's a point when you do things out of love for your children, but if you, if it's like you're, you're doing it too, too, even too much of something that's positive can curdle into something um, negative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, I don't know. I think that's, what's really, awesome about these parent characters both the husband and wife are they love they have like so much love for their kids yeah in in this movie i felt like so this is this is what's interesting about and i don't want to get to the second half just quite yet because i do want to talk about kind of tyler's tyler's um like climax into the party scene which is like a totally awesome moment so we'll get back to that but Mm -hmm. like one of the things that was a hiccup for me is that outside of Tyler as a character, the parents were the second character that I was really invested in. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when the, when the perspective switches to Emily, my hunger for Emily's perspective was to explore more of the, 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 the parents, because that's really like what I, that's who, who else was like I was invested in mm-hmm. on the, basically in the drama. Right. And so there are moments with Emily where she finally, you know, hears little snippets between the parents arguing in the bedroom or the moment where they're fishing or the moment where Emily sends a text to the mom and she goes to like the prison facility. Like those were the moments in the second half that I was desperate for. Like I was like, that's like what I care about. Um, and, And I think that's a testament to their setup in the first half. Um, I think it's the biggest complaint I have about the second half with Emily and the boyfriend who I understand has plot purpose, but like, I just didn't care about that. Like these, the, 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 the parents, they were the ones that I was like, I really need to see how they grapple with this. I really need to see how such loving parents almost have to face their like they're overburdening love, right? As like, almost like they're punished for that in some Mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know, like it's Mm -hmm. very like, that was the stuff I wanted to get into more. And I just, I think that setup early on in the film is awesome. Can I, can I address the criticism you're talking about a little bit? I mean, we can, we can, Cameron, I know that you wanted to start with the first half. We can go back around to the party scene. We can get get straight into that. Well, let's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Juzo, t- t- say what you were gonna say because um, I, well, I think it's, it's just the whole, the whole thing of of um, wanting to get more out of the other characters. I think th- that's a criticism I completely understand because I I feel the same way. Like I want to learn. I want more scenes with the parents. I want I want to see more of Tyler after he's 
put in prison, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like there's all these things. And I, and I also understand the desire to have to follow him rather than Emily. Uh, I mean, it's very counter like intuitive to, to go well, to Emily after that. He is the, not just because he's the focus, but like what he's going through is so enormous and, and well, her situation. And, and is she's basically mundane, not, you know? and she's basically not in the movie up to that point. There's one and, scene and also that. of her, but, 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 but it's an enormous not, coup for him to do that. Yeah. But, but keep, my keep thought going, Ju- wait, wait, well, hold on, keep go going, Juzo. Go well, just, well yeah. it's not, it's, it's not that I dislike Emily as a character. Actually, I don't mind the perspective shift. It's, it's really not like some of the silent moments with her at the school. I was like, this is a perfect next scene for what just happened. You know, mm-hmm. like that loneliness, that like, you know, the confusion that she's going through. I'm like, oh, right. this is like, this is, this is such a deep study. But then. Mm-hmm. As soon as that like weird, awkward boyfriend shows up, I'm like, what is this? It's really the boyfriend. I think it's really okay. the boyfriend stuff that be that began to like kind of okay. Well, let's put let's back burner we'll, that. We'll, we'll because, get into that. But the thing the thing yeah. I'm trying to talk about is just the, the idea of of the other characters. Because one thing I wanted to mention is um originally the film was three and a half hours long. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand Isaac's critique about wanting to see the other characters because to me i feel the same way these this is a not many movies i feel this way but i i would see it want to see a sequel to this i'd want to see you know different tangents of all the different uh, characters in the movie and follow what happens to tyler and i think that he made the right decision and i think the movie works being just the story of these two siblings and their um connections or lack thereof um, but given that the movie was originally going to be three and a half hours, I can see where he might have um, had to cut some things out. I don't really know for sure. Um, but I certainly, you know, you, you just you come to care so much about these people, even Tyler, despite what he does, you, you just care so deeply about him. It is kind of a, you, you feel like you have to let him go, which maybe is sort of right, actually, given what's happening in the movie. But yeah, well, uh, I I like what you, um, Isaac. I think I think you're right in that you do want you are desperate to see those scenes with the parents, and that is where the emotional weight comes from. But I also think there is something interesting about holding back a little bit on those, and letting you live in sort of the the maybe just the everyday, um, the maybe the mundanity or the the escape of of you know, what Emily is going through on the flip side of, of what Tyler was going through, you know, and there is that sort of sense of, um, um, the, the sense of, of, you know, what, um, what it might mean to heal, uh, from, from a tragedy like this, um, and why you might Mm -hmm. have to actually step away, um, from those people that you care about for a while and why you have to, to get new perspective on that um and then come back to it with with fresh eyes and yeah and i i think it's it is very powerful in that in in those moments but let's get to the mid section which is kind of, like i said the arch the the keystone in the arch um it's the mm-hmm. thing that kind of ties these stories together um that that really um it, it's it's maybe the most important narrative sequence, but it's it's definitely the thing that is is um, harsh and brutal about the movie, and is very it, um, what. Well, I'll just say what I like about that sequence and the the shift in perspective, the shift in aspect ratio. Um, it it the movie in a 
again, a very elegant way says there's no coming back from this basically. Um, and it, and that change is what is, is what does it basically. Um, so Isaac, let's get your thoughts on that, on that whole party sequence. And, um, yeah, what, what do you think? I just think stylistically, it's such an engaging moment in the film. Um, some gr- like some great soundtrack decisions too. Oh, I may, uh, we'll, of, we'll have a whole section mm, on that. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of like the, the high school athlete that's getting like pumped up. They have that, uh, earlier in the film, Tyler's being pumped up about like being a machine. Or I am a like new that. machine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sort of like the, um, the reinforcement of that in the surrounding music that he's involved mm. Uh, or, or, or I am a god. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That that Kanye oh, song bouncing. One of the best that. needle drops I've ever seen. Yeah. 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 And and to move into that scene of the house, like you just know that nothing nothing good is going to happen at, at the party. I, it kind of reminds me. There's a game that I've never played, but it's this game called like Party Harder. Do you know what I'm talking about, Cameron? No, I don't. Have you heard of that game? It's this weird indie game about like um, a psycho. It's really dark. Uh, but it's like all like it's like a two bit thing. But he shows up to parties and like you basically like kill people at the parties, but try not to get noticed because everybody's loud and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this guy you play as this character that like doesn't like anybody. Um, yeah, not a big system seller. We'll put it that way. But, uh, <laughs> wow. you know, anyways, I was like, it kind of has that hop on Miami energy, right? Like the the neon lights, the like. I, I don't know. There's something very stylistic about the scene and you just, you can't help, but like want to see some kind of resolution come about between Alexis and Tyler, because you don't know too much about Alexis, but there's some side of the audience. that's like, come on, Tyler. Like you can, you can, you can turn this around if you could just like humble up a little bit, or you could, you could be like uh, a great father if you pulled it together, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's like a hope in the audience for him to be able to, um, not be like a, like just a violent jock or like some single minded, like, you know, Emo- like like over overwhelmed by his emotion in some regard, right? You could and you I could think- imagine a version of the movie with the exact same character with him making a reconciliation with her because he's yeah. not like yeah. he isn't an idiot and he isn't a even an emotionally like unpleasant person. It's just it, again, it's all those things just raining down upon him that that causes that to happen. Yeah, but I think as it's set up with Alexis going in the garage and their conflict is like escalating again, as you saw earlier in the movie. I think what's, I I don't know. I thought it was pretty, pretty well telegraphed that it was going to go downhill because Tyler has been like, he's he's pushed to the breaking point, right? Um, With the substance abuse, the painkillers, like basically his life is falling apart on top of this, like this, you know, issue or the, like like his girlfriend being pregnant, right? Like that's well, even the even the confrontation between him and his parents is all. It, it feels like a no turning back moment. You know? Oh yeah, it's, it's there's that there's that sense that you get that this is like um, whether you know you you don't know um, as that scene's unfolding, but you get the sense that this is like um, 
uh, almost like suicide level attempts at at being being like um, t- completely cutting off, essentially. And, emo- and emotionally speaking, because it's a sort of family where the things he's saying are, you know, that he's never said anything like that to us. Yeah. Father yeah. In his yeah. entire life. And it and it has the impact of that. It's really yeah. Well, and and the mother moment. too. You know, and he's oh yeah, you know, yeah. Even he, less so. he yells at the mother and says says you know you're not my real mom, which is the first even the like yeah. inclination of of that even be, like showing up. Like, and she shows him all, throughout the movie. She's you know in that first half, she's kind of the one uh, character that we see interact with him in like in that like amazingly. Um, lovingly way um you know and and she she feels like such a mother to um yeah. to tyler and he breaks his shoulder and she's like cradling him it's really yeah 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 exactly well and then even before she's the one who's who's like you know making sure that he's he's on top of it and is you know you know um sets up the doctor's appointment and, and is like is like the one who's who who's trying to diffuse the expectation from the dad in some ways and, and you can see a version where um uh, that that uh balance of the sort of loving caring mom versus the tough and um you know rearing father um you can see where that works too um, you know, you could see where that that element um, comes together to be sort of a whole complete picture. Instead, in in this way, there's there's almost like a it's it's almost like a sixty forty split instead of a fifty fifty split. You know, where where you get you get just a little bit more of the dad pushing, um, and on top of the other stressors in his life, and that's kind of what pushes him pushes him over the edge in in some ways. There's also a lot of great reveals in that in that scene because you don't know some of the past about his real like birth mom as well and so that like that whole idea of her not being his real mom is like almost new to to the audience right isn't that like the first time he mentioned that yeah in the film? it is it is yeah yeah and and so that took me back right i was like whoa like what what is he talking about and i also began to like reflect on some of the like the early representations of Tyler's life is that he's got a good, you know, like definitely, he's got a really definitely. nice house, you know, everything is, everything seems like, I mean, he's like a great athlete. He's, he seems to be doing well at school. It he's popular. Seem like, he's yeah, yeah. 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 And the opening, uh, the way the opening is shot really conveys that. That's what I was talking about with the, the movie is telling you things, but it also makes you feel them the way the way just the camera's flowing. And when he's I love that shot where he's running and he's, he looks at his girlfriend and she's doing her like dances. And it's like it just like flying around them. And that like propulsive music. Also, that shot when he's wrestling, you know, where the camera goes in like this. I don't know if you know. Who I'm talking mm-hmm. about, yeah. Yeah. There's just so much just like kinetic. And it feels like a person who is just like comp- so much in control. His life is ahead of him. Um, and and everything in the filmmaking matches. And then when you, when you get to the portions with him and his dad, it's all locked down it's all on sticks. Um, and it's all, you know, it all feels like this is, this is immovable. But when he's at, when he's at high school, you know, it's very fluid. It's very, um, you know, it's punchy. It feels like he's like, he's active. And then almost for the rest of the movie, um, it kind of, it gets more and more. The camera work gets more and more subtle from the from then on out, um, which I I I think is 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 awesome. Um, 
well, except I he's having this breakdown where it's yes. it becomes yeah uh, fr- frenzy. But go ahead, Isaac. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is that I think that that opening is is almost like I don't know. Like I wasn't sure how they were gonna build drama off a good life, you know, and also how like unsympathetic that can be. Like if someone is having a great life and has it all together and they like throw it away, but you never get that feeling as an audience member because there are little moments like the moment about like, you're not my real mother that almost that really elevate the complexity of what Tyler's going through where it's like, Oh, this kid doesn't just have it good. Mm Mm-hmm there's a lot of past trauma that we don't know about, right? There's a lot of, there's already some difficult things that were going on before, even though we were almost tricked as an audience member early on to think that everything was all right, you know? Right. Um, well, there's also the element that he's, he's, his affluence and the family's success kind of um, um, increases the weight on him because there is this sense of like, we've achieved this as a family and like, I've made this for you as a father. And like the fact that he, the stakes are so high and he, the level is so high, he has to reach to, that's part of what, what um, drives his downfall. Cause if, yeah, it, if it it's, a, it's another, it's another pressure on top of, uh, you mm. know, the already sort of compounding pressures is also the expectations of, you know, his dad being like, this is, I came from nothing. You have it good. And he says that literally. He says, you know, yeah. I wish that my grandparents had, you know, gave me and what you have. And it's the thing like so many parents, I don't know if my parents said it to me, but but so many parents say that to their kids, this idea that like you, you have it so good. You don't know how easy you have it compared to me. And it's like such a terrible thing to say to your children. I mean, it's like really you want your kids to have perspective, but there's nothing worse. I mean, I'm sure any therapist will tell you there's nothing worse than telling someone actually you have it really good when you don't you know that i mean that's, uh, well, and that is w- the worst thing you can say to someone <laughs> and when they're feeling that like like stress too like that's that's really the right. the point where you you can't say like oh you have it easy because you know they don't they don't feel that they don't they don't know it's yeah. not like it's not like they can zoom out and be like oh yeah you're right i i really do have a good you know but they're they're in it they're stressed out and even as a I, you know, I remember being in high school. I remember sort of the, the different, um, you know, things feel, feel, uh, colossal when, when really they're, they're totally minor. And in this mm-hmm. movie, there are colossal Very things true. that he's dealing with, you know? So yeah. it's not, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like he, he's having a good life and then like he, he, he gets, he gets mad at his math teacher and he, you know, and he, you know, kills his girlfriend or whatever. It's like, it's like there are actually genuine things that, um, that affect him to the point where, you know, like most people would be stressed about his situation. You know, most Mm -hmm. people would be really dis like devastated by the fact that he got this, um, you know, injury that I'll never recover from. And his dad is, is, you know, putting this pressure on him to, to be a star athlete. And he was a star athlete, you know, like, and most, most people would, would, um, curdle up at the, the, you know, accidentally getting, uh, their girlfriend pregnant in high school, you know, like there's, there are some, some devastating life, life altering things that actually do happen to to this kid you know it's not just the fact that he's he's affluent and he's you know expected to do more it's like there there actually is it feels like there is gravity to to his situation regardless of of what's going on 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I I just found that everything with Tyler's arc character, it was so exciting to see it all culminate at the party with like the light. There were some moments at, at the party where I know it was stylistic. It's very cool, but I almost felt like I was going to have a seizure at some of the flashing moments. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, like they yeah. should have had a warning <laughs> at the beginning of this movie because like I'm like overwhelmed at this yeah. at this moment well right? i love yeah. the i love the moment between the exchange between emily and and tyler that that one shot yeah. sequence of um you know seeing her on the couch you know looking you know dazed or whatever she looks like and then seeing just this almost like the silhouette of tyler um you know crawl sneak his way into into the garage and it's, it's i'm not like, sure why i did like i did not connect that that was emily at all to like her, when she was talking about it later in the film. And so I think I was just, I, something about her outfit and her hair pulled back and stuff. I was like, who is this person? I thought this was just like a nice girl that was talking to Alexis and I should have figured it out. Your senses so, are taking a lot in at that point. So yeah. Yeah. I, I was, like, I was yeah. like, what, who is that again? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's the girl from the bathroom. That's what I kept saying. I was like, oh, that's the girl. That's Alexis's <laughs> friend from the bathroom. You know? Yeah. And also you don't see Emily that much. So you're like, well, you, yeah. you get one shot of, of Emily in when Tyler comes home, um, basically the 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 scene before the the party scene actually, um, you know, you get one shot and and he's you know he's on on all sorts of substances and and obviously not doing very well and she she kind of cradles him um, in a very a, a very sweet moment um, one that oh, I think is kills me. Oh. Um, maybe one of the most important scenes in the movie um just overall Definitely. just in the in the emotional weight of, of the movie um and he brings it back too which i didn't mm-hmm. i maybe just didn't read that completely but it's like the reconciliation she's seeing with with um her boyfriend's father then precipitating her own inner reconciliation or forgiveness of tyler and the way he cuts those together um is like it's so brilliant and it's and, and so simple i mean so simple i didn't even really completely understand it first couple times but yeah it's it's phenomenal yeah so but it's you know obviously it's uh i understand why you wouldn't necessarily know who that is because it's it's you know you get one shot of her basically and then um you know there's there's kind of the the it, it's a i i would say it's a good shot but it's a little bit awkward in terms of it's it's kind of just a wide of the two um, girls in the bathroom and they're kind of facing the mirror. Um, you don't really see them all that much. Like they're a little bit obscured. So it, it might've been a good choice to, to have like, you know, see, see her, see Alex or see, um, Emily walk into the bathroom or something like it might be more, um, I don't know. Yeah. There, it, it could have been more introduced that that was her. I, I can understand why you, you might be confused, but, um, well, I will say that this movie and, I don't think this is necessarily a critique because this is something that I actually enjoyed about Dune, which we recently reviewed, right? I do think that this movie would probably get better on a second viewing. Mm-hmm. I really do. I really do believe that. And I don't know. You guys have seen it more, more than I have. But there were some things in this in this film where I was like, oh, like I didn't quite, I didn't quite catch that. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of moments where like things are cut or, or sped around and done differently i i don't know i like Jose, you're talking about how there's the scene with him being cradled then like spliced with the dad dying of cancer and whatnot 
I remember kind of feeling glazed over at that moment. I wasn't like connecting the dots at all. I was just kind of like, oh, no, like I, 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 I was like, I kind of understand like she is, you know, beginning to reflect on this. And then the moment she sends the text, I'm like, oh, so something came around, you know, with her. Yeah. Something, something about, you know, forgiveness and the mom embracing forgiveness after receiving the text. I'm like, oh, there's like, there's some resolution happening here, but it wasn't hitting me in any sort of emotional way at that moment. I was just kind of like, oh, like I was, I was still involved in the drama versus the feeling because that first half, like you were saying, Juzo, like this movie is more about the feeling aspect. And I was so almost distracted by the story or the drama mm -hmm. that yeah. the second half feels slow or like kind of less engaging because 100% true. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like digging into the, the feeling of it. You know, I was more <laughs> like, I, I want to see what happens and not yeah. much happens in the second part. Right. Yeah. When I, when I, when I watch the movie, I sometimes even feel that way that because the begin the first half is so exhilarating and it builds to such a climax that, um, you sort of wonder, and I almost wonder if maybe he could have cut down a few of the montages of the, boyfriend girlfriend like there's there's kind of a little bit of a more of a repetition of scenes in the second half of them going on an adventure having a great time but i think for the most part there is still a story it's just it's just a it's just the two people them coming together and it's well like and it's it's more it's lower key it's it's lower key for exactly sure. low, uh, it's wait, lower so key drama yeah. What was what was the deal? Were those manatees or something? What were those sea creatures? Yeah, yeah manatees. I was like, yeah. I was like, so when did this movie become like a National Geographic commercial? Like, what I is love that. Here? I think that's, that's the beautiful. only sequence that I, um, <laughs> that I would uh, that I would bar from being, um, you know, cut out because I think I think you're right, Juzo, that there's there's there is a little bit of repetition in the in the second half, and you know you don't really need a a lot of the them like jumping into the water and whatnot. It's it's nice. There's there's like there's sweet things about it, but um, I I kind of agree that there's there's something that. There's there's a little bit of like all right let's 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 get on a little bit. Um, it's easing the pedal back, but when you think about it, actually, it's like you could cut it out. You could cut out anything. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean again, you could say that about any movie. I, I, that's one of my favorite Linklater quotes, which is like someone's asking him, you know, if you cut this out, you wouldn't lose it, and it's like, well, you you wouldn't miss it. But he's like, well, I couldn't make the movie, no one would miss it. You know, like you could just cut anything out of this movie, but. Even something like where she's jumping in the water. I mean, like that has a real significance. I mean, you, you could there's definitely a metaphorical significance. Sure, of sure. Her diving sure. in the water. Oh, that scene I was, with the guy. That scene where she was jumping, I was like, I swear, if she like breaks her legs and there's a hospital scene, I was like, I can't do any of that. These these movies, man, they're always like just sudden violence yeah, that, out of no context. Well, I'd be like, what the? Heck? Here's here's the thing, though, um, Isaac, and and you're right that. Um, you know, this movie has, is very, very, um, you know, uh, deep and emotional and in some, some parts very frightening. Um, but, um, those are the moments, the ones that you, you felt most disengaged. Um, those moments are the ones that are, that have the most levity and have the most, um, sort of fun and enjoyable, 
um, to, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the montages that, you know, you feel most relaxed and um, enjoying, you know, watching what's what's going on. You know, the rest of the movie is, like you said, like very um, exhilarating. It's very tense. And there's there's, you know, portions of it that are that are really just um, devastating. But you know, those, those montages are kind of a little bit of a palate cleanser, you know? In- and, oh, I, I don't want to get too sentimental, but I mean, like I, in some ways it, it they are exhilarating. Cause I mean, I think those scenes between Emily and, and, uh, and Luke are like, that's what feel falling in love feels like. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And I, 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 I find it exhilarating just emotionally in that way. Nah, um, okay. Well, let's talk about, yeah, we can, we can talk bit. about Luke if you want. So the the moment, I mean, this is, as soon as Luke is introduced, Juliana fell asleep. She didn't watch the rest of the movie. She didn't mm-hmm. care after that point. And she was like, basically like, you know, the this is us season finale special movie. She didn't care anymore about it. She was like, she was like, eh, I don't, and, and her quote exactly. And it, it made me think of the movie. I'm thinking of ending things too. And she said, great movie. She said, I don't know what it is about these art movies, but they always get these awkward, quirky dialogue moments in romance that feel so unnatural that she's just like, it's it's dumb. And then she likes she she fell asleep, and I was like, uh, uh, I was like, this just poisoned the rest of this movie. That statement because I was like, I just can't. Now I just feel like I, it's not convincing after she said that, you know, and so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give Jules the L on this because I do not I do just do not agree. Well <laughs> I think well, it's very he, authentic. I, I I also agree. I think it's I think it's pretty authentic. Um I I mean maybe I don't know, because I, I think um I think this movie has very sincere and real dialogue, I would say. Um even Yeah, but what's up with him? Like why is he so awkward? People are awkward. But he's an awkward Why? guy, man. Yeah. I mean, I know you're not. You're you're like <laughs> podcast ready, brother. But like, well, not all well of us Isaac, are. were you ever awkward? I remember you as a, as no, a no, high I w- schooler. I think he wasn't. But I was definitely are, no, 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 no. I was definitely awkward. I was definitely awkward. I just like, I don't know. Like, I was. I don't know. Did you ever ask anybody out to, uh, with with a text message? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like. People, this this is just real, real, you know, high school life, and it is it is awkward, and it feels awkward. Um, but it's, it's uncomfortable. It's, like I understand yeah. it's uncomfortable. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's I think it's genuine. I would say. Um, yeah, I think I like that it's uncomfortable. But I think Jules might even be reacting to it because there's so many movies you watch where there's romantic scenes that are nicely crafted and like these like pinpricked little. Um, you know, dialogue that hits exactly right. But in reality, when you talk, especially when you talk to someone who you have a crush on or something, it's like the most awkward thing in the world. But I was just, I was kind of confused because the guy, yeah, the guy's awkward, but he also is like living under a rock because it seems like everybody understands what happened with her brother. And this guy has no idea. He understands. He knows. Does he? There's dialogue dialogue about it. There's dialogue about it. She asked him, he says, yes. Really? So that makes it yeah. interesting because you're in going, the diner, why does he in the diner scene. Maybe he took sympathy on her. Maybe he was interested in this way, you know, but he knows. Yeah. I kept knew. thinking that there was going to be a weird like American bully moment where he was like, like or a carry moment 
you know <laughs> oh no <laughs> honestly honestly i was like i was like where is this going because this is so oh, weird you know like that's how that's genuinely how i felt i was like this is so strange that he's being nice to her but also there's something very off about it um but you know you kind of figure like halfway through when she's like oh we're gonna go see your dad dying of cancer i'm like okay maybe the bu- the bully thing isn't gonna happen you know but um i just I, yeah i've been it, watching it was, too many movies my friend it was a little um i think it was just there was something about it that didn't work for me um and i'm not entirely i'm not entirely sure why i wasn't so convinced by it so. it's okay there's certain guys you know i mean i don't want to be generalistic here <laughs> but there are certain especially guys with other straight guys that just people just don't like him you know like like sometimes like my dad has guys like that where where he you know he's just like that guy's a pussy you know like timothy chalamet <laughs> it's like that guy's just that guy's a wuss you know i mean he actually liked him in dune but <laughs> but yeah, there's just certain people and, and i figure like there's a certain kind of you know i, I could imagine you looking at a certain type of, i mean i maybe i'm like that with like ryan reynolds you know timothy i look at ryan chalamet reynolds, like, that guy's a wuss cut to the scene where he's stabbing a guy and <laughs> yeah maybe that's why my dad liked it yeah, yeah i don't know yeah. Well, he watched. There's, there's he this, watched yeah. uh, "Call Me by Your Name," and then he was like, "Oh, it's, ew." <laughs> no, he then, didn't, he didn't, my dad didn't see that. But <laughs> Lucas Hedges. I mean, I'm going to shout out uh, since we're we're, we're going to slam Lucas Hedges because because I'm I'm coming back the other way to say that he's he's easily one of my favorite young actors working today. I think he's is that, fabulous is that Luke? in Waves. That's Luke. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh. he's wonderful in, in Waves, and he's been terrific in so many other. He, he did a movie called "Let Them All Talk." unbelievable and and both movies there's a lot of improvisation i think in waves i think you can tell a lot of it is yeah like when he pulls out the lollipops that's just an ad-lib thing the director didn't know he was going to do that and in in let them all talk both of these movies he's doing a lot of his own sort of improv so his kind of awkwardness and kind of goofiness is i think is just his own personality and um i think it comes through really beautifully and and i just think he's funny too like i just think his awkwardness is is really uh Funny, but I understand there's a conditioning that comes from watching certain kinds of movies where <laughs> you're supposed to re- respond to awkwardness as uncomfortable. But to me, like, I like when movies are awkward, like when characters are kind of ungainly like that, because um, not only is it more real, but I think it's just it's funny. And, and it's funny because you recognize it as something real. Uh, I uh, yeah I don't know if it ma- <laughs> I, I I to me I don't know if it makes it more realistic for me or even more like an artistic film. Do you know what I mean? Like it, I, don't I don't know, know what that it, means though. What does that mean? It's more of an artistic film. I like mean. it feels like the best I get the best example I can give is like the, I'm thinking of ending things like opening scene. There there's where I'm just I, like but this is just like quirky great, film dialogue that I don't care about at all. But the, you know? that's not I'll this movie. The the weird thing is that's not this movie at all, though. No, I agree. I I agree. I'm just I'm just saying what I'm what I am saying no. is that 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 the like the awkward dialogue thing disengages me as a viewer. That's all I'm saying. I'm giving you, you the sus I, the sus eyes well, right now because I don't know about well, that. <laughs> I mean, the comparison's a little weird because I'm thinking of anything as a very written movie, and this yes. is yeah, much exactly. more improv. Like, yeah. I don't think anything in that movie is improvised. But I understand what you're saying. The, I understand what you're saying about the artistic movie and the indie movie because it's there's a certain kind of I don't know maybe kind of twee dialogue or like overly intellectual or overly kind of or just overly. Um, loquacious i guess because most movies don't have long dialogue scenes 
the way a movie like this and certainly not a long dialogue scene like in I'm thinking of ending things. Um, but some but, like some sometimes it works for me. I'm not going to say it doesn't always like fail, but most yeah. of the time it's like I'm unconvinced. What's and the, I want to know your idea of like what's a great dialogue scene though? Like what what's a movie where you're like that was a great scene? Of- Anything that Martin Scorsese does is like some of hmm. the best dialogue I've ever watched. You know, uh, on okay, screen okay. where it's just like larger. It's larger than life. Where you're like you're you're basically any scene. In, in those movies where they're talking, you're like, I want to hear them talk for another hour. This scene could go on for another hour. I just love it. Like, I'm, ex- I'm excited right. to see what they're going to start yelling at each other about, you know? The funny yeah. thing about Scorsese, though, is he doesn't really do, like, um, he's never done, like, a high school romance movie. You know what I mean? So he, he, yeah. he's got, yeah. like, old men yeah, the- talking, which, which is a totally different thing. And even in this movie, you have scenes of dialogue that feel so... Um, lifelike and realistic and are not awkward at all. That scene yeah. with um, the daughter and um, and and the father when they're the fishing father, is yeah. like the most realistic sequence of dialogue. Like one hundred percent, it is insanely how like it's insanely good and 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 it feels so authentic. It feels like uh like like you're there. It feels like you're you're in those shoes and like. The way that the do- the the father is starting to like you know like holding back what he's saying because he's you know showing emotion and and she's you know she's like trying to comfort him but also like be um like you know like she's she's trying to be well, the daughter and to protect themselves yeah exactly yeah. um yeah they're not used to because that family is not used to expressing themselves in yeah that way but that's and, so like I think I think that is what amplifies the boyfriend like the boyfriend scenes to be even worse in my eyes because that scene is awkward but it is so engaging and like you're totally right Cameron it's like unexplainably realistic I don't even know like that that moment is just like is well I was it it took away my breath honestly because I was like I, I feel like this is exactly how it would be if I was there you know like it's so hard to to almost explain but the difference is that's a that's a dramatic that's a scene that where there's intense dramatic emotion. And this, the thing about the scenes with the boyfriend is, with the exception of when they're talking about his father, they all are um, they all are sort of um, mundane dialogue. They're talking about I forget exactly what they talk about, but they're talking about you know the music they like, or they're talking about their lives, or it, it's it's much more everyday, which makes me really wonder. There's a filmmaker who is my favorite filmmaker, Richard Linklater, and I'm very curious at some point to program a month for you guys or for Isaac <laughs> and hear what he thinks of this because he makes movies that are entirely people talking. The whole movie is just conversation, and it's the same sort of conversation where it's not dramatic, it's not big emotions, it's conversation about everyday things. And um, I'd, I'd wonder what you think. I mean, I know you've seen Dazed and Confused, right? I think that's... that's um, an example yeah. of something you like saw that. boyhood right movie. boyhood yeah uh i don't think i saw it oh, no. okay oh, never but mind. yeah Daisy and confused is definitely an example of of a link later movie that's in that style for sure oh i didn't like Daisy and confused at all i don't i, it was, I don't understand this i don't know how, I, how do you not like that movie it's just so not, like seriously man i i just don't i don't know i was like what is the point of this movie like what is even it's, like there's nothing it's driving a hangout it. movie it's a hangout movie you <laughs> hang out with the characters oh i was so bored i love, I was I like, love where is it going oh, also Isaac. um 
Well, Easily uh, one of the best films ever made. Well, ho- hold on. Let's let's reel it back because um, <laughs> because he here's what I'll say. I think I think the boyfriend sequences are um, like I said earlier. They are they are the little um, the little cracker you get after you eat like something um, something really pungent. You know, they're this mm, they're this sense true. of of real reality and and the sense of mm. um like you said mundanity or or um coming back to earth yeah. yeah and 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 it feels there is a little bit of awkwardness i understand um but these are like young kids and like there is i don't know if you've isaac since uh growing up and not being in high school anymore have you like gone back and like hung out with younger kids um because <laughs> It's it is awkward. It's really awkward. Um oh my God. especially watching yeah, as an adult. You know, if the things that they talk about you're like what is going on? Like I <laughs> it, you feel like you feel like they're they're like different like a different and species. And it's very performative. Yes. Yeah, it's yes, very performative exactly. too, which I think is partly why it might feel artificial. Yeah. Cuz there's a lot of you you have to put on a facade when you're in high school cuz you you're you're protecting yourself so much. And um, and I think you see that transition, by the way, through those scenes in the earlier scenes, it's more performative. And, and as they get to know yeah. each other more, it's 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 more uh, real. I don't um, know. And don't Isaac, know. do you have do you do you have logs of of you and Jules talking uh, like texting early on in your relationship? What do you mean? Like, logs? do you like do you do you still have those text messages or are they gone? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they're somewhere. So I would and, say. Um, if you go back and read those, I've done this with my own relationship. Like me and Kiana, you know, have been dating since we were 16. There's something so awkward about like what you were talking about, how you were saying things. It's like it, you feel like you're, you're like walking into a different dimension. You're like, I, yeah, I remember this, but it's like, it feels not like me. You know what I mean? Like there's something, there's something really, um, really strange about looking at it, um, from, from, you know the the future perspective i guess um i don't know i i i would say there's something there's there there's a lot of genuine um heart to those scenes and i i th- i think the awkwardness makes it um g- elevates it a little bit um but gives it sort of a, a realism um and a, a you know and a a, a a brief moment of of sort of levity and um you know escape from from the rest of the movie which is the purpose that it serves w- within Emily's own life too um and then right. w- like like Juzo said it brings it all back with the storyline of the, of the dad which i think is like w- some of the the best sequences of the movie it's it's so it's so powerful how someone who's totally not in his life, someone who, you know, has abandoned him can, can resonate these deep, deep emotions that he didn't know that he had before. Um, and can, can overwhelm him in that. Um, and uh, I don't know, I think, I think those sequences with, with, you know, him and his dad are just like some of the most devastating of, of the movie in in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And again, ripped right from Schultz's own experience yeah. losing his own father. And I think that's sort of the the impact that has. I mean, if, if at the end of the commentary, he said something really interesting, which is that he said something like, that's life, man. One family's ending and another's going to heal and come back together. And I thought it was funny when he said that because he was talking about 
the um, dying father and then the healing of Emily's family. But in a way, the whole movie is that sort of continuum because it's like the breaking of their family with Tyler and that tragedy is what heals Luke's relationship with his father. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the sort of, I guess the title sort of is, is these people's, you know, the reverberations of people's actions. And I think that's really the key reason why I think the um, handoff of the movie to the sister works because um, as much as you're compelled by just the story and what's going to happen to Tyler, what he's trying to get at is much more about how people, how the father, his actions reverberate to uh, Tyler and how Tyler Im- impacts Emily and then how it, you know, it goes back around in a circle and, and, you know, the interconnectedness and, and um, impact people have on their lives, whether intentional or not. Um, and I think that's really beautifully, um, beautifully conveyed. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. I liked, I kind of liked the, um, the function of the scene with, uh, the father dying of cancer and um, what's his, the boyfriend? No, like, I, I think the connection to like, like giving Emily's character a chance to like gain that perspective. I liked everything in that. Um, there was just that one brief moment of disengagement where there's like, oh, this is like an awkward teenage uh, thing. I, it just felt so out of left field for me. Where I love and I, under, I love and I, and I understand like why you guys appreciate those things. For me, it just didn't it didn't work. It actually disengaged me when I was so ready for more of what was going on with the parents, ready for the other things. I I, I feel like the realism of getting space and perspective, it could have been captured in a different way, but I I think. You know, I think for a lot of people, it could still like the way it's done in this movie. It, it will work. I think just for me, it was like a preference thing. Um, and I would no, say, so. I would say, valid. I would say probably on second viewing, since it, you know, it, like you said, it came out of left field for you, which is true. It, yeah, it does. Um, probably on second viewing, you'll be more accustomed to what it's going to mm. do, and then it'll it'll totally. be able to hit you in that sort of emotional side of your brain because you're you're kind of prep prep for it in that way um like well, that's, I also, that, that's what that it was, was for me yeah. this time you know i i was definitely emotional watching it the first time but i was i felt like i was so much more um invested in the emotion side of things in this viewing um and i was like i i like that that last sequence with um uh, with Radiohead, the last like Radiohead montage. Oh my god! Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't stop crying because it was like it was so powerful and, um, like I, I, I don't know. It was, it was like I can't, I, I, I can't even talk dissing, about. It. Yeah, I feel bad for dissing Radiohead after watching that. I feel like I have to accept that I actually like them now. <laughs> I was completely wrong. Wait, you don't like Radiohead? I was always dissed them, and my, my, I had a friend who really loved Radiohead, and, and she was into them, and I was always like, I hate the guy's voice, and it's it's just sappy crap. But oh, after, oh my gosh. Now, now, now I'm watching this, I'm like, this is pretty great, and you know, the song he wrote for Motherless, Motherless Brooklyn, and I don't know. The song the he wrote tr- for Suspiria? <laughs> yeah, actually great. Very good. I mean, yeah, the, the movie, but great. The first, the first track on Kid A is like one of my favorite songs ever. I love uh, mm. How to Disappear Completely. Um, yeah. Mm. Also, also, also on drops in, yeah, in the movie On Sandy by Villeneuve. Mm. Um, there's some great Radiohead in that movie. Well, Wait, Cameron, and- have you have you? This is just a random side note, but do you know like Radiohead did that like uh, Kid A experience on PS5 or whatever? Yeah, I heard about that. Did you do it? 
What, what was it's that? It's so weird. It's so, it actually was like, it's just such an artistic visual audio treat that it was tripping me out to the point where I just uninstalled it because I was like, this is starting to freak me out a little bit. Um, Maybe I'll it's like a really it. special. Yeah, I think you will. National I think anthem. It, yeah, it's, it's really, it's a really cool, um, cool experience i think just in terms of like visuals and whatnot tim you're listening to this i feel like you'd love it but it's only on ps5 right now so well, random we're random getting pretty, oh, well yeah. I'll, no i was just gonna say we're getting pretty close but uh, yeah yeah we can wrap it we can but, wrap up this conversation uh, i think that transitions perfectly into one of the other major elements of this movie which is the music and i would argue even more so than the first time i thought um this this like flows like a musical in so many ways and mm-hmm. and it's brilliantly done i mean it's just it's just spectacular the 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 soundtrack to this movie is like on another it's like next next level it's what i think people t- think baby driver or what like what i was wishing baby driver was more you know when i went into baby driver I was expecting that but this is that sort of movie in terms of just flowing i don't know if i can think of anyone other than brad bird who has made movies that are not musicals, but flow so kind of like um, in in the feeling of musicals as this movie. Um, yeah, it's yes, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I like the music too. I thought it was. I, I don't really have much to add besides the fact that it was a great pairing of visual and sound. And I and I think so often soundtrack music or music pulled from recording artists in movies uh, takes away from a scene in a lot of negative ways or it can mm-hmm. distract the audience from poor uh filmmaking in in mm-hmm. other aspects i know that's kind of strange but you think sure. about like guardians of the galaxy and the way that it uses its score there are a lot of moments in that movie where the score is kind of breaking a fourth wall where it exists for the characters and for the audience and those mm-hmm. moments are cool but then there's other moments where the score comes in to almost you know, just be like, isn't this music cool? Even though it's another scene with bad enemies shooting big lasers and the heroes <laughs> punching a lot of things, you know, like it's like, I like some of it in that movie. There, but, no, I, I, but there is, a, there's a little wink and nod about the music in that movie. I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So, this but like Guardians music he loves. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is like a better example, but then you watch like Thor Ragnarok and they have Led Zeppelin in the bridge fight for no apparent reason. Other than the oh. fact that it's cool, you know, like Led Zeppelin. I thought cool. it was pretty cool. <laughs> I, it is cool, but I'm also I kind like of it. like, okay, like it just it's. Whereas this movie, I what I want to say about this the the soundtrack is that it never feels out of place yeah. ever. No. I think it was embedded, literally embedded in the script. Like yeah. he sent people scripts that they played cues of the soundtrack because the film was so articulated around songs. Um, well, and, and, and there's, there's a, there's a sense of, um, like it's like, it's its own character, the music in this movie. It feels like there's something, um, there's something living and breathing about the sound, uh, the soundscape that, that, that you go through and th- there's eras too. Like, I don't know if you noticed this the first time Chusa, but, um, there's like eras of Tyler and his like, um, sad, his like there's like his hype music there's like his sad emotional music there's like mm-hmm. his angry music and then you know on the perspective shift there's the sort of soft contemplative um music and um you know it it, it makes it feels like a different character the music does um and it's such mm-hmm. a such a beautiful and well-informed 
shift. I, I just, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with you. I, there's, there's almost no other movie that has the same sort of, um, character of, of like diegetic music, you know, it, it just feels so, so, um, so unique in that way. It's, it's some of the best found music, um, scoring with found music since I think Scorsese or Tarantino yeah. sort of made that more, a more mainstream thing. And, uh, I think my personal favorite needle drop is I am a God. That whole sequence is it's just really unbelievable. And that zoom into his eyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't even talk about the visuals about this movie and, um, but I love the ending. I think that Alabama shakes, the sound and color is gotta be, is just a perfect, oh, perfect yeah. ending. And I even that ending you could analyze and you could, um, I could articulate the meaning of it, but it's just the feeling that is evoked by her lifting her arms like that is, um, I don't even really want to quantify it into words. I just think it's beautiful. I think the ending is a little artsy fartsy. If I'm being honest, what is that I, I Isaac <laughs> hater, hater, <laughs> artsy just, fartsy. That's just the word made up by, you know, communists <laughs> i just i don't know i i like i didn't dislike i was like oh yeah like i get what i get i get the feeling that it's portraying you but know I I, like it's pretentious i mean like it's not it's not it's, it's not it's not it's sincere it's just kind of like yeah again i think a lot of this comes from my focus on the storyline versus the feeling and so for the movie to end on the feeling thing i was like Mm-hmm. okay i'm clearly not in the feeling moment mm-hmm. you know and so i'm like i mean well, i can break it down you know it's you know you can't it's like, well that's future, like explaining but, that's like you know. explaining a joke though you know it's just yeah it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter i mean it's just it's just how it feels and it's the feeling for that how the movie the feeling the movie leaves you with is perfect for all the tragedy and love you've seen uh, before it well um, i well, the, yeah. the thing is even w- r- disregarding that you know the very final moments which i i agree with you are are brilliant even in the last montage there's something really really powerful about that that whole sequence of um even narratively and i would say narratively there's something there like it ends on on a very um it it ends as like a finale, you know. It does, and so it, you know mm-hmm. you get you get the the first sort of steps of healing with with the the mother and father. You get him, you know. I I love the shot of the dad in church, um, you know, by himself, mm-hmm. where his where his family and, used and to be. Mirroring it's, the shot of yeah, sorry, mirroring the shot of Tyler in prison. Yeah, which I is another thing. Like I, there's certain things where I. I see a shot in a movie and I think of someone and that shot. I always think of you, Cameron, because you were, because like, I, it's not like I didn't notice it, but when we saw it together, you were the one like pointing that out. And I'm like, yeah, that is such a beautiful idea. Like he's lost everything. The only thing he has left is God, you know? Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And well, it, yeah. And, and you know, the fact that those two are sort of paired together, um, in this, like, um, you know, like like you said, it, Isaac, and um, like the, you know, there's there's a sense of unconditional love that you get from that those moments, and uh, I don't know, it's it's like it's breathtaking. There's something about those those final that final sequence that I just I I can't even believe like is is you know a movie. You know what I mean? Like there's something that's that's so or, or it's just artsy fartsy. Yeah, or it's just artsy fartsy. Well, yeah. what I'm the. <laughs> The only thing that I'm trying to really make clear in this is that if you're not 
clicking with the feeling, right? Because the first half didn't trick me, but it was hitting on the feeling and I was invested in the storyline. And the storyline elements in the second part, like they work, but they're just not as engaging as the first half. And so I was more excited. Like I was more like, it was like I was hungry for more narrative aspects, like, like a narrative drama, you know, I was more, I was more ready for that. And the film Uh, actually leans more into like a, a feeling. And I sat there at the end being like, Oh, like this is, this is a moment where, like I'm supposed to be in a different place watching this, you know. Like I was, I'm supposed to be at a different level of emotion in this moment, but I'm just. I, not. I just sometimes wonder if you have emotions, because I can't <laughs> no. think of many times you've been moved by. I, but I think it's. I understand your feeling. Though. I do understand. I mean, as much as I'm, I can joke around because it is. I I, I'm a big story person, and I like narrative, and I like to follow these sort of things. Um, I just think that, and we'll get into movies that. remove themselves from narrative far far more than waves when you get into david lynch territory or you know terrence malick or me far adrift from story um but i understand you know wanting to have that sort of anchor and especially given that the first half of the movie does so more yeah Um, and like i I think when you see it a second time you might accept that letting go a little bit more maybe yeah no i and i actually i believe a second viewing would make this movie like much much more powerful um i i do i don't know i it's interesting that you say like isaac i don't know if you have emotion whatnot because i'm not a very emotional person honestly honestly i'm not like Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not like moved by a lot of things especially movies especially Mm -hmm. movies i'm not like like Mm -hmm. i don't cry during movies at all the only time you cry is the national anthem what <laughs> what's the net na- what do you what's the national anthem <laughs> that's just sorry that's i'm just, just repeating norm mcdonald <laughs> i'm confused no 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 the only movie that i actually choked up on recently that i can think of was the irishman just because i was like oh my goodness like there's something about this movie that's that that ending took me off guard in a way that i was so surprised by um yeah. so i don't know like and it wasn't like I was like bawling. I was just like, wow, I didn't expect to feel any level of being choked up at all. Uh, it was surprising for me because mm-hmm. Scorsese movies aren't generally like that. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, very true. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm. Yeah, I will see. I. I'm not. I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing about my own personality. You know, um, recently, this is just kind of a sad note, but like, um my girlfriend, like one of her dogs passed away and I was like, Oh, this is like, this is sad. But it was like that little moment where like the Grinch, like you kind of feel like the Grinch, like has a heart because like we, Uh we saw that the dog had to get put down and like, I I I really did choke up and I didn't expect myself to, I was like, Oh Uh my gosh, like this is like super sad. And I was like, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's okay to be emotional about some things. I mean, for that situation, I was like, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, I was like, I would feel even worse if I didn't feel something in this moment, you know, for this tiny yeah. dog. Um, so I don't know, like it could be a potential flaw as a viewer or even a reviewer, like my own perspective. I mean, so. it's not something you can help. And I think the more you watch things and the more you open yourself to to uh, experiencing these emotions that films elicit, I think, you know, 
I used to refuse to cry in movies. I, we're going way over, but I used to never, even Toy Story 3, I white knuckled that thing. And did <laughs> that one cry. I did, that that one I did choke up on. I don't know how bit. I did it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, the, it's like the most upsetting thing literally <laughs> ever put on film. But, um, or, or try know, to get through the, a, the first 10 minutes of up. Yeah. That's like yeah. impossible. I feel like that's, that's one of the emotional. most, yeah, that, cry that, for that though, for me the first time, I mean, the, I, I remember the distinct moment. It was in 2014. So I would have been like, 17 years old it was a documentary about this film critic i looked up to that was the first time i ever cried at a movie theater i was like i can't i have to cry for roger ebert but you know I'm a, i, I I'm, certainly understand i'm a sap i cry all the time at movies so I, you know i don't i don't have any shame it's yeah. fine i but but, yeah. the, but this was one that well and and i will say um, a, 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 me crying in a movie is, is a very high praise, I would say, because it's a sign mm-hmm. of, of, um, it hitting me in a certain way that, that I can, I can really, um, relate to and, and, and feel, um, mm-hmm. I, 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 let me see, I, I'll have to think about it, but I know there was at least one movie that I felt cheated out of a cry. You know what I mean? I felt like I felt like hmm. it it played on my emotions um, in a dishonest way, and then I I you know it it made me feel like I I was I was a I was a I was a fool for crying. I I can't remember what it was, I, but well, I remember distinctly I remember distinctly having <laughs> no no not the <laughs> yeah that scene with Lois and at Lois and yeah. and the uh, <laughs> and the mom yeah. tears of pain tears of pain. But, um, you know, but, but this, this movie, I think hits, hits on all those levels, which, which is why I agree with your, with your original endorsement, Isaac, that this feels like an epic. It feels like it, it, it has, um, it has a scale of, you know, grand proportions and, and I think it, I think it nails it, um, personally. So I do, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you liked it as much as you did, Isaac. Yeah. No, I, I, I do want to say that I wish I was vibing with the emotions at the end more, actually. Like, I'm, mm. I'm disappointed that I can't say that I felt that bike scene was like a moment of great uplifting relief or hope for the future, you know? I just was kind of like, oh, it's I, it's ending, you know? <laughs> like, that's kind of like I, how I, I felt. Mean, and, I honestly you know? might not have cried, actually, the first time I saw it either. I think there's just so much going on in that movie that... um I feel like it was only rewatching it this third time, third and fourth time recently that it really got me. Um, it's interesting how that happens. Cause yeah, I think I think it will punch me in the gut on a second viewing, honestly. Yeah. So, but uh, all right. So, not to cut this short because I'm I could talk for another hour about this, but I do want to try and get to. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's fine. You, Juzo's got to go. Um, He's got some somewhere to be. Feel free to head out, Juzo. I do want to talk a little bit with Isaac about sort of just wrapping up the month and and kind of. Um, getting a, a temperature check on on um, modern directors and sort of what what we're thinking. Uh, oh, so, damn. Uh, yeah, oh. I know. Well, um, it's too bad. Yeah, but um, I I know you got to go, so so I'll let you hop off. If you just just uh, um, yeah, hang send on. the audio. Yeah, and send send I'll just us say the really. Audio. I'll hit hang up, and I'll, well, I'll just say really quickly about great directors that I just hope that that Schultz is someone who pe- more people will. Uh, latch onto and discover because uh, as I was saying to Cameron earlier today um, watching Bong Joon-ho and seeing the success he's had I just hope that maybe people will catch up to me and Cameron in our exalted uh, understanding of great cinema uh, and uh, <laughs> see that this guy should be one of the 
you know, one of the best filmmakers working. Um, and, and I hope he doesn't get farmed out to TV or Marvel or whatever, ever other stuff, but I have a feeling oh. he won't. Cause I don't think someone this good would go that route. So also Juzo, when you hang up, make sure your browser's open so we can get the, the video. That's just a random side note, but. Oh, leave the Riverside open. You mean just leave the browser open, even if you hang up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, uh, just tech, right. tech talk stuff. Yeah, no, no worries. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm guess I'll hang up now. Great to see you guys. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks for joining. Look forward us, to talking so. again. Yeah, I'll see you this weekend, Cameron. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I I guess that co- sort of concludes our discussion of waves. Um, I will say, like, it's it's really it's a great movie, and it, it was my second favorite of 2019. If that says anything, because that that year was like off the charts in terms of how good it was. Um, so you know, you got the Irishman, you got Waves, you got uh, Parasite, you got uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ford v Ferrari. Um, so just like, just, you know, that was the last good year, uh, in cinema and, and it probably will be for, for a long time, but, um, yeah. So, so in terms of, um, transitioning our talk into, into what comes next for, for movies, um, I, I showed you these four people cause I think, um, two of them are, are a little bit untouchable. Two of them are sort of, um, big stars at this point. And I would say iffy on Chazelle, although he, he definitely has success and has good capital from, from the first, his first two movies, but you know, with first man kind of flopping, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where his career pans out. Villeneuve, I think at this point is pretty untouchable. He's had such a good track record. Um, I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to bring him down. Um, right now uh and with the success of dune you know i mean um he he's looking on the up and up um but trey edward schultz and uh and uh um who did we watch what did we watch it last time oh blue ruin um whatever his name is oh man i i'm embarrassed now that i can't yikes <laughs> um, i don't you don't ask me for what his name was i, I mean. know i know um Sorry, I, uh, Jesus, uh, uh on the call screaming at me. Um, uh, <laughs> Saulnier, Jeremy Saulnier, um, uh, Trey Edward Schultz and, and Jeremy Saulnier. They they have a certain underground nature to them, where I think they are some of the 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 top talent of you know sort of the new breed of of directors and um, and you know I I think they I think they're up there for sure but i just don't see them lasting without uh without uh, you know one more successful movie um and i'm afraid because that means they're going to they're going to get shoveled into um you know into tv and you know doing other um poor decisions and poor choices so i i just i just don't i don't know what do you, what is your your brief take on sort of where you think we're going to go um, in terms of of the next 10 years of, of filmmaking. I think your opening statements for the month was really interesting around how we don't have our like staple name directors um, of, of this, of like the up uh, of the future, you know, and even like household names like George Lucas or, um, Steven Spielberg, right? These are names that were like thrown around a lot for specific movies. I feel like 
in the past, it was even hard to have a title like that, but now it feels even more difficult, even though there's so much information on the internet and people having conversations around, around movies. Like, I doubt outside of our circle around the podcast, like a lot of people could even tell you who directed Dune. Honestly, like Villeneuve's name is just kind of breaking through with, with, you know, the success of Dune. I mean, he's getting different like interviews with like the New York times or whatever. Like he has like, or like wire the wired interviews or whatever. Things yeah. like that. So he seems like he's getting a good media tour. Um, but like it's nowhere compared to like, oh, the creator of Star Wars, George Lucas, like people just know his name and how he grew up in this town and they're like yeah. obsessed with him, right? I'd say the last like- the last person like that is Chris Nolan. Um Yeah. And and he he really is a household name. Um, but he's um I don't know. the The funny thing about Nolan is he's he's a little polarizing, I guess. Um, in in today's day and age, I don't know. I I I. He's not. He, he he's fifty one, so he's kind of in the same generation as um as Villeneuve, but he, um, to me, I don't know. There there's something about him that is like on the next level of of um filmmaking and is a household name and is kind of almost the last vestige of that type that era of auteurs you know what i mean like he's the he's like the final one uh <laughs> right now and it's unfortunate because i think i think Chazelle i think Villeneuve i think Schultz probably um is up there and and i think you know i think there's a handful of people that could be in that level, but are likely going to fall into a trap of, of, you know, being shoveled into, into TV and doing smaller projects. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried because I think the, the state of auteur filmmaking is going to take at least a freeze for 10, 20 years. And, and once, especially once we, once we're, um, you know, in the next in the next fifteen years, it's possible that that all of the film school generation is is going to retire or um, or pass away. Um, you know, they're getting to that age, and once they're gone, I you know, it's it's dire. It's really dire. You know, <laughs> I, I think I think pro- part of the problem is that, and this is something that's always faced some of like the scholarly or like academic filmmakers who are practicing and successful is that Hollywood chases money. Right. Cause I'm now I'm really starting to think like, what are the household names of like directors that people know in their house? And I'm thinking of like, Oh, people figured out about like Taika Waititi or people know Jordan Peele. Right. Like these are names that are like, these are household directorial stars that people quote. And maybe so some of the people will know who you're talking about, right? Oh, like I watched, or, or you know, you, you talk about some of the stuff with Marvel. Um, and I think what's interesting about, you look at Villeneuve, right? He is beginning to crack that household name because he found, or like he hit like a, a movie that is like kind of considered a Hollywood moneymaker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And Christopher Nolan 
it wasn't Memento that made him Christopher Nolan. It was his like take on Batman, which obviously is a moneymaker too, mm-hmm. right? And then to to be able to bounce off that with like an action movie, right? With Interception or, or uh, Inception. Interception. Right. <laughs> Inception, um, right? Like that kind of movie is a crowd pleaser, mm-hmm. right? And it seems like the the further Christopher Nolan has gone, like the more he's kind of going back to those roots of making... Like he's he's obviously funded by the block budget blockbuster budget. I can't talk right now, um, but he also you can tell there's a desire for him to go back to something memento esque. Yeah, right. Um, even his interpretation of World War Two is is pretty artistic. I feel like it's a side of World War Two that most people don't explore at all. Yeah, definitely. Right? And and that movie is a little polarizing. Same with. Interstellar is a little polarizing and Tenet most definitely. I mean, I think it's a flawed movie, but it kind of feels like a strange spiritual successor to Inception. Like it's a very confusing. I I don't know what what to feel about that, but I I feel like he's kind of um, stuck between the money and the creativity. That could be very wrong, but I don't know. Um, And I just think that like, some of these up and coming directors, they haven't had that that blockbuster breakthrough. But the moment that they find, like, there's no doubt that they can find the success in that. It's just hard to escape it once you're pulled into that. Then it's like, okay, well, you know, the guy who directed Waves is now going to be doing episode ten of Star Wars. Come on, get in there, you know, like, and we, and he's going to be like, okay, well, I want to do this character drama around, you know, these peasants that live on an imperial controlled planet and they're like put some lightsabers in there where are the jedi you know like and then it, it goes it's so down funny this- because i would have you know maybe two years ago i or three years ago i would have no maybe a little further away than that i like ryan johnson and i think ryan johnson is a talented a filmmaker but he is again fall he's fallen into that trap as well so, you know which is like um you know, now he's doing like two more Knives Out sequels and you're like, okay, well, you know, that's, that's fine. But like you captured some magic with Knives Out and, and there's something, um, I don't know, there, there's something weird about doing, doing two more of them because they, they were successful. And it's like, it's like, I don't know, I, there's, you're right that it is, you know, it is about the money and, you know, even someone who, uh, you know, I, I've only seen one of her movies, but Chloe Zhao, who's made, you know, three movies, two of which are very slow artistic movies, and one of which is Eternals, <laughs> the Marvel movie. Um, it, it's like, it's like okay, we can see where this is going. You know, um, Marvel and TV just poach these young filmmakers um, who are, you know, making some creative decisions um, and... And they, you know, they they funnel them into into the the sort of studio model and 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 only allow them to make these certain movies, um, which is disappointing. Yeah, you know, Ryan Coogler is is the same thing. It's you know he's it's the same kind of situation with him. So, I mean, you got to imagine that a lot of the budget they're like, okay, we want someone competent that can put together a film that has a touch of creativity, but we're gonna then put a bunch of restraints on them, and we also need to blow most of the budget on the actors, right? <laughs> the actors and actresses to headline the movie. Um, and it's not like, I'm sure that the formula is down where they're like, you just need to know how to direct 
we don't necessarily need your input. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. sure that is. You know, yeah. like so it's um it's kind of it's kind of interesting in that but in that matter. But back but, in in the nineties, um, you know, of course you had the dumb sequel, of course you had sort of the the vestiges of, of the eighties action blockbuster. Um, but you also got some risky movies. Um, you got movies that were out, off the wall that were a little bit more um artsy fartsy as you might say and were were um just a risk for for the studio to make um and and they took that gamble back then and i i don't see i don't see a lot of studios taking that gamble nowadays um so that i guess that's kind of my final piece um uh i i i do have to to hop off now too um but um, I don't know. I think let's monitor the situation. We'll be we'll be frontline on uh, on the next you know the next couple of years because I, I think I think we're we're seeing sort of the rot creep creep around the surface, um, and it's it's looking no good from my perspective. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Dune was special, and yeah. I feel like as the movie theaters are empty, there's going to be a draw to try to bring in something new and special that's not worn out. I feel like um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I'm interested to see what happens these next these next few years. And I hope Star Wars goes away for a while from the big screen. Me too. I'm, I, I want to see them come back in a good way. All right, Cameron. Well, thanks for uh, hosting this. Hopefully we can figure out all the audio with all the stuff. Yeah. Um, send me what you got. Yep. And, uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next Monday. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.